I'm Chuck Smith with Smith Farms in Greenville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. All over Texas, livestock producers are culling herds because of drought. That is especially true down in southwest Texas. We'll check in with one southwest Texas livestock producer coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For Texas High Plains cattle feeders, it's still not easy to make a profit on cash sales. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Summertime heat and drought impact on livestock including cattle, horses, sheep and goats. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on what to expect this summer on Texas Ag Today. Coastal Bend farmers are gearing up for grain sorghum harvest. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Livestock producers all over Texas have been culling herds hard thanks to the ongoing drought. Down in southwest Texas, herds have been hit especially hard, according to cattle, sheep, and goat producer David Fisher in Sonora. We have personally, and and my operation had to cut back on, you know, some good quality breeding stock. And I have a lot of friends that I hear the same thing, sending sending a lot of good stock down the road because, you know, Mother Nature's not providing. And we all know what inputs are doing right now. Feed costs are through the roof and as well as other inputs. And so a lot of people having to cut back, us included. Fisher says he's received three inches of rain on his ranch since last fall and he hasn't seen any of the spring rains that much of the state has received. Several ag groups are opposing the Securities and Exchange Commission's controversial greenhouse gas reporting rule. Those groups include the American Farm Bureau Federation, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, and here in Texas, the Texas Farm Bureau and the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. The rule would require a publicly traded company to report direct emissions in addition to emissions from all segments of their supply chain. The rule's broad scope would burden cattle producers and require the reporting of farm or ranch-level emissions data. The groups say there is no feasible way to accurately measure this data on the individual level, and estimates would expose producers to legal liability. We set a new record for the year last week in cash-fed cattle, with prices in the north reaching 150 on a live basis. But the futures market is still lagging more than $10 behind that on the nearby contract. 
Donna Hughes is a senior risk management consultant with StoneX in Abilene. She says futures traders can be slow to jump on board sometimes. You know, I think with futures, I mean, there's times where we see a big differential between futures and cash. And with the cash markets trending higher the way that they have, I mean, we can take that back to Packers have good profit margins right now. And uh, with the way slaughter capacity is going, I mean, we're seeing slaughter levels increase and uh, there's been some good demand out there. You know, that's why we have uh, rise in the cash as far as to the north. Sometimes the trade Traders are just not as excited to get on board when we have moves up like we have over the past few days. You know, generally we do come together closer than what we see right now, and, and we'll just have to see how those things work out over time. Hughes says one of the biggest factors limiting the upside movement in the cattle market is the rise in the corn market back up to $8 a bushel. We've seen a big jump in cattle prices lately, but James Hunt tells us it's not easy for Texas High Plains cattle feeders to make a profit on cash sales. Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says something unusual has been happening lately. Cash market prices beginning the week on the low side before rising dramatically over the next few days. For example, fed cattle in our area were selling for as low as $1.36 a pound early last week before jumping up to around $1.40 as the week progressed. Miller says this likely reflects turbulent markets and maybe some inventory management issues. Early in the week, you may have some individuals who need to get rid of some cattle because they hadn't sold cattle or been able to trade cattle for the last couple of weeks and they feel the need that they have to get rid of some of these cattle. And when they get rid of some of these cattle, they have to send some of these cattle to harvest because you can't just continue to add weight to them because at some point the cattle, they stop growing. If this price pattern continues, perhaps something to think about if you're in the cattle trading game. Meanwhile, Miller says profitability remains an issue. James, $1.40 sounds like a good price. And typically, I would tell you it is a good price. But in today's market of inflation and all the input costs costing so much, at $1.40, these cattle are probably losing about $100 on a cash basis today. That's $100 per head. As we've talked about before, input challenges for feedlots include higher prices for corn and feeder cattle, but there's another factor coming into play. A lot of the times you don't think about interest rates affecting cattle feeding, but a lot of these animals are financed, and so as we see these interest rates go up, uh, you're going to see just one more addition to prices of inflation hurting the chances of being profitable today. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The summer heat is already taking a toll on the cattle industry. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest in the Waco studio today is Texas Farm Bureau Livestock Specialist Tracy Tomasic. And Tracy, summer is here, but it uh, seems like summer's been in Texas for several weeks already with all the triple-digit heat that uh, many people have endured, including uh, livestock. So let's first talk about that. It's been dry, but it's been extremely hot. How do the livestock cope with uh, this type of heat? Thanks, Tom. And Thankfully, the majority of the livestock across Texas, uh, even though it's vastly different from one corner to the other part of the state, they're acclimated to the extreme weather conditions uh, that we are subject to day in and day out across the state. 
just like you and I. We're outside, a nice shade tree or covered area structure and facility for livestock is extremely beneficial for maintaining the comfort of your cattle, horses, sheep, and goats all across the state. According to USDA's latest report, a range in pasture conditions across Texas rated at 66% very poor to poor, and that's uh, indicative of the ongoing drought. It's challenging. very important part of dealing with it is maintaining uh, available water sources for livestock, both in pasture conditions and, and when you get them, bring them into feeding pens. Many producers are hoping that they'll have enough hay cuttings this year to supplement feed their livestock, but uh, those hay cuttings uh, may be few and far between. Yes, so far uh, the the first or second round of cutting, if you're in the lucky part of the eastern counties in the state, have been all right. But without additional rainfall coming soon, it's going to be challenging to get another cutting and uh, additional stockpiles for the winter months that are that'll be here before we know it. That is Texas Farm Bureau livestock specialist Tracy Tomasic. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Coastal Bend farmers are gearing up for sorghum harvest. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, the final week of June will be the start of grain sorghum harvest here in the coastal bend. It typically gets into full swing on the 4th of July holiday weekend, but this year sorghum may be completed shortly after the 4th of July. The crop will be definitely short. Yields will be down well below the five-year average for the area. And there are concerns about the amount of abandonment that took place due to droughty fields that were declared below average uh, and not able to be harvested. So sorghum crop will be short. And of course, no rain has occurred since our last report. And that's a big concern to cotton producers as well, because The rain that occurred some weeks back did give the cotton crop a shot in the arm and an opportunity to produce some additional fruit. But those short statured plants are blooming near the top, and that is a sign that the crop is rapidly maturing. And without additional rainfall to hold those top blooms, it could be a real short cotton crop particularly in view of the 40 to 50 percent losses in stands that did not establish and the abandonment of those cotton acres all wrap up for a pretty tough year for ginners and grain elevator operators here in the coastal bend. And livestock producers also facing declining pasture conditions and with short grazing supplies, many Producers will be doing some additional culling of their cattle herds. Most have already been involved in weaning calves early and sending them off to market. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Texans now have the opportunity to see a film that celebrates the wildlife and the locations that make Texas unique. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more on Deep in the Heart coming up on Texas Ag Today. And in about a year, livestock producers will no longer be able to buy antibiotics over the counter. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. In about a year, livestock producers will no longer be able to buy antibiotics over the counter. Dr. Bob Judd says you shouldn't point your finger at your local veterinarian. The first thing most producers likely think is veterinarians are doing this to make more money. But this is not the case. First of all, your local veterinarian or veterinary association does not have enough political clout to cause this change to occur. Secondly, you don't have to purchase antibiotics from your vet, so in most cases, it's unlikely for your vet to make any significant profit on just writing a prescription. This decision comes from national health authorities that are concerned about antibiotic resistance, and it is right to be concerned about antibiotic resistance. However, agriculture likely plays a small role in the antibiotic resistance we are seeing in veterinary and human medicine, but it does play a role, so everything we can do to decrease resistance is important. We see antibiotic resistance cases weekly in veterinary medicine now, and also in human medicine, and few new classes of antibiotics are being produced. If no changes are made, people and animals will die due to lack of effective antibiotics in the future. Beginning June 11, 2023, final implementation of the Food and Drug Administration's rule will go into effect, and a lot of changes will need to be made by then. As a livestock producer, you will have to have a client-patient relationship with a veterinarian that has examined your animals and is familiar with your operation, as this is required for the vet to write a prescription. Each individual veterinarian will determine the degree of examination required to write a prescription for antibiotics, but this does add some liability for the veterinarian for antibiotics they have prescribed. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texans now have the opportunity to see a film that celebrates Texas wildlife. Jessica Domel takes a closer look in today's wildlife report. From the mysterious blind catfish to endangered ocelots, and the elusive mountain lion deep in the heart truly celebrates what makes Texas unique. From its diverse landscapes to its remarkable wildlife, Ben Masters, writer and director of the family-friendly film, joins us with more on the film that journeys from the highest peaks in West Texas to the Gulf of Mexico. Deep in the Heart is a three-year film that myself and my team made that's similar in style to Planet Earth, but based entirely in Texas. And instead of David Attenborough and his British voice telling you about the lions killing the wildebeest in East Africa, we've got Matthew McConaughey telling you about Bracken Cave or the ocelots and all these really amazing wildlife species that we have in in our state and kind of where they live. So if you like nature, you're going to love this movie. I'm really proud of it. We got a lot of behaviors that we we had no idea that we thought we'd be able to get. Black bears, alligators spawning, a bunch of coral reef stuff offshore. So it's a it's a, a love letter to Texas in a sense. And it's just this 
visual journey across the state, seeing all these different little animals doing their thing in these really cool habitats. Deep in the Heart aims to conserve the remaining wild places and wildlife in Texas. You can find it in about 40 theaters. A list is available at deepintheheartwildlife.com. That is deepintheheartwildlife.com. The film will be available to stream online July 18th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a holiday-shortened trading week this week, so Tuesday was our first week of trading in the agricultural markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After closing higher ahead of the three-day weekend on Friday, live cattle closed lower on Tuesday. June live cattle down 20 cents to 137.82. August live cattle down 32 cents to 136.25. Supported by lower corn futures and strong demand, the feeder cattle market closed higher Tuesday. August feeder cattle up $2.35 to $175.30. September feeder cattle up $2.47 to $177.27. Box beef was higher Tuesday. Choice up $2.44 to $268.94. Select up $1.03 to $247.42. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's auctioneer Troy selling cattle for us this Tuesday. Kenny Mingus sold them in Milam County on Friday. Kenny, describe the action for us, please. You know, Larry, we had a good run, had a few more cattle than we expected, and the market was extremely active. Walk those pins. Well, we had a total of 23.15. Out of that mix, we had 500 cows and 36 bulls. We'll start with the steers, under 300, 147 to $2. 3 to 400-pound steers, 130 to 196. 4 to 500-pound steers, a dollar to 195. And over 580 to 181. On the heifers, under 300, 125 to 177 and a half. 3 to 400-pound heifers, 105 to 180. 4 to 500 pound heifers 95 to 165 and over 570 to 161 packer cows still steady got them bringing something 35 to 98 on your bulls from 70 to 115 they added just a little bit on them on the stocker cows and bread cows 525 to 1350 on your cow calf pairs 800 to 1500 what do we got for this next friday well they've already started calling they were actually calling last week so uh i think we'll have another pretty good run had a boy call me this morning gonna have 30 40 50 cows be some pairs on them got two little old calf deals already well three really one man 50 or 60 another one 30 another one 10 or 15 so it's getting pretty dry 
lie, Larry. Market's pretty good, and I think they're going to kind of sell a few of these cows right now and some of these bigger calves. All right. Well, tell everybody how to contact you, Kenny. You bet. Catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at MilanCountyLivestockAuction.com or catch us on Facebook. I'm Larry Marble. I put it together here for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. July lean hogs up a dollar seventy-two to one twelve seventy-two. August lean hogs up a dollar ninety-two to one oh nine eighty. June class three milk up two cents to twenty-four thirty-two a hundred weight. July class three milk down nineteen cents to twenty-three thirty-seven a hundred weight. July cotton was up six points Tuesday to 143.51. The October and the December contracts saw triple-digit losses on potential for rain in West Texas and expected more moderate temperatures in terms of a Texas summer over the next six to ten days. October cotton down 448 points to 120.66. December cotton down 444 points to 113.85. July corn down 23 and three quarters to 760 and three quarters. September corn down 28 and a half to 709 and a quarter. December corn down 29 and a half to 701 and a half. July hard red wheat down 63 and three quarters to 1041 and a quarter. September hard red wheat down 63 and three quarters to 1048 and a quarter. July soybeans down 21 to 1681 even. July natural gas down 15 cents to 679. August natural gas down 14 cents to 676. Crude oil rose over a dollar a barrel Tuesday on high summer fuel demand and tight supplies, according to Reuters. That's after both Brent and West Texas Intermediate Crude posted losses last week. For West Texas Intermediate Crude, that was the first loss in eight weeks. July crude oil up a dollar two Tuesday to one ten fifty eight. August crude oil up a dollar twenty two to one oh nine twenty one on Tuesday. The Dow up seven hundred and fifty five points to thirty thousand six hundred and forty four. S and P five hundred up one hundred and three points to three thousand seven hundred and seventy seven. The NASDAQ up 307 points to 11,106. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmel. We hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.